This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we'll show you how to go from employee truck driver to savvy business owner. And we'll do it together because we're starting our own trucking company, Holland Assets. So you'll get a front row seat through the whole process. Together with some experts in the field, we'll teach you how to set up a business, buy a truck, get your DOT and MC numbers, get insurance, and a lot more. Thanks for joining us. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast, episode 29. I am Craig, and over there, Chris, somewhere. I am definitely somewhere. <laughs> Where are you at today, Chris? I'm on I-40 just east of Nashville. Oh, okay. All right, so you're... you're How far out of Nashville? Are you in the boonies, or are you kind of close to town? No, I'm I'm probably 30 miles east of Nas- Nashville, roughly. Okay. All right, yeah, it's not too bad then. Uh, well, today, Chris, we're going to be talking about how to save on fuel, understanding IFTA, which I think is going to take up the bulk of what we're doing today, uh, and kind of fuel taxes and that whole issue, right? Yeah, IFTA is one of those things that's a little more complicated than you'd think. We're going to try to break it down a little bit and show how you can use a good understanding of IFTA to save yourself some money on your fuel purchases. Perfect. Well, I think uh, that's a pretty good lead in, Chris. So before we get to that, though, uh, tell me what's been happening out on the road. You know what, Craig? I've been thinking a little bit about uh, what has been happening over the last week, and it's been kind of uneventful, kind of boring, not not a whole lot going on, which is uh, in some ways nice. Well, I, I mean, it's kind of the no news is good news kind of approach, right? Yeah, absolutely. No breakdowns, nothing like that. It's just been pretty smooth selling. Actually, really, for for all of November, it's been it's been uh, pretty smooth sailing. Well, it's too bad that cab is made entirely out of metal because uh, you don't have any wood to knock on, Chris. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it'll stay that way. I I did have a little bit of an incident today. Um, my wife and I, as we were, as I was driving down the road and talking on the phone, gotten a little bit of a, a, a heated argument. Oh boy, am I about to adjudicate some sort of marital disagreement? I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that, Chris. Well, I'm starting to think that uh, we're, we're it's November and we're we're about halfway through the month, and I'm thinking that this whole trucking thing and me being on the road might be good for our marriage this time of year. <laughs> what you're saying is that it's starting to take a toll. Well, yes and no. I mean, um, there's there's a couple things in my wife and I's marriage. We've been married for 17 years, for, so for a decent little bit of time at this point. And there's just a couple things that, that we will never see eye to eye on. Do you and your wife have anything like that? Uh, we do. Uh, you, you know, they say never talk about religion and politics at a party. Uh, don't talk about that in my marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two off-limit off, off subjects, huh? <laughs> Well, there, there's a couple things. So there's two things that my wife and I will just absolutely never agree on. One of them is fry sauce. Um, and, and for those of you who are not from Utah and you don't know what fry sauce is, it's the most despicable thing in the entire world that's really common in Utah. And it's basically a mixture of ketchup and mayonnaise, and it's just atrocious. You have literally just closed off any possibility of human understanding between you and me <laughs> yeah you it sounds like you're in my wife's camp i i am firmly yes <laughs> well it's it's disgusting <laughs> what's and the I've, second I've, thing i've instantly lost a ton of respect for you 
the the second thing is when it's appropriate to start celebrating Christmas. Oh no! Uh, yeah, it's the Friday after Thanksgiving. Um. Okay. Well, there's something that we can agree on. Okay. Uh, She's a she, Halloween person. Seems, yeah, yeah. Like her and like way too many people in this world. Seems like you can start celebrating Christmas right after Halloween, which I think is is terrible. Don't get me wrong. Christmas is a great holiday. But it's meant to be celebrated after Thanksgiving. And so my wife and I, I I did hang up the Christmas lights last weekend before I left town again because I didn't set them up at all last year. I waited a little bit too long. And by the time I got around to it, there was snow on the roof and I couldn't do it. So I got that done. But she's already listening to Christmas music. She was listening when I called her today. And it, yeah. It, it's just, I, in my opinion, it's just not right to start celebrating Christmas this early. <laughs> and my kids, I've got my kids trained right. I think they all agree with me, but my wife still, uh, you know, you know, different strokes and all that. But yeah, I kind of feel like it's it's absence makes the heart grow fonder. I don't want Christmas around too much, uh, so that you know it makes it a little, a little sweeter for the month of December. Um, yeah, absolutely. I get sick of it if it's if it's going on too long. There's only I, I can only handle so much Christmas music and. Yeah, you know, by the time Christmas comes along, as much as I have to listen to it, it's it's lost its uh, lost its flavor. It's l- yeah, it's lost well, its flavor. Speaking of uh, people getting sick of things going on too long, Chris, maybe we should actually talk about the subject at hand today. What do you say? <laughs> That's a great transition. Perfect. Let's do it. <laughs> a plus. Uh, a plus on that one. Okay, so before we do, I'll just remind everybody: full show notes at hollandassetsllc.com. Uh, and uh, you can find all sorts of tools and links and all of that there, and we'll mention that again at the end of the show. But for today, Chris, like I said up top, we're talking about uh, fuel, fuel taxes, understanding IFTA, and you kind of sent me a warning ahead of time that IFTA is kind of complex and it's a little bit difficult to understand. Why is that? What What's it about IFTA? Well, first and foremost, it uses math, and I know that's not one of your favorite subjects in the world. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. I love math. That's <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you're trying to convince yourself. I uh, I love math. I'm good at it. You know, the last time I took a math class was in the 11th grade in high school. Well, so. you won't have to. You, this is like elementary school math: addition, subtraction, maybe a little bit of multiplication. So it, it is math, but it's not the hard stuff. All right. Well, I feel like I can handle that as long as it's arithmetic and not like calculus or something. Yeah, we, we won't go into that deep. All right, all right. So uh, so tell me what we're going to be using math for. Just to kind of calculate how you should really evaluate the cost of fuel. And we'll get a little bit into that as, as this goes on. I, I want to kind of, we're going to take the next several minutes to kind of set the stage on this and, and really talk about, you know, first and foremost, what is IFTA, how does it work, and then how do you use that to save money? So let's let's first start off with what is IFTA. First and foremost, it's it's IFTA is the International Fuel Tax Agreement, and it, it really boils down to IFTA is fuel taxes. Um, do, do you know what fuel taxes are used for, Craig? Uh, uh, fuel taxes, I, as I recall, it's used for building and maintaining roads, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's for building and maintaining roads. Um, do you know how you pay fuel tax? Uh, okay, so I mean, I assume you're talking about when I'm filling up my Mazda, right? Uh, yeah, when you're yep. Let's okay, start with so that. I, I just I pay it to the station. Yep, exactly. When you put fuel into your car and you go pay the the station, 
the fuel tax is just added right on to the cost of the fuel. So if you're paying $3 of, of a gallon of gas, depending on what state you are in, you're paying anywhere from 17 cents to a lot more than that per gallon of fuel that you purchase. So in Utah, where we're both from, I think it's 29, right around 29 cents a gallon. So you are paying 29 cents a gallon for every gallon of fuel you purchase. So you put $10 of fuel into your car, that's $2.90 of tax. Right. That makes sense. Okay. And that, that money is used to build and maintain the roads right there in Utah. Now, if you're, if you own a truck that is over rated over 26,000 pounds, um, things are a little bit different. Uh, okay. So you don't, how's it different? So you show up at the uh, station, you fill up with fuel and they, they don't collect it right there. No, they actually do. They collect it right there, but there's something else that happens. Because if you think about it, you and your car, when you pay that fuel tax, you know, that's meant to build and maintain roads in Utah, where are you driving? What roads are you driving on and what roads are you wearing down with your traffic that you you're driving. Okay, I, th I think I see where you're going with this. Okay, so I'm typically in the state of Utah. That's where I do all my, all my working and living and playing and all that, right? Yeah, so you're paying fuel tax in Utah. The the driving that you do 99% of the time is happening on Utah roads. So you pay the tax to Utah. You're using Utah's roads. Everybody's happy, right? <laughs> right, okay. So, things so are, it's different in the trucking world because you're in, what, Tennessee right now? Like, you're all over the place. Yeah, and, and it's way different. You take, for example, my truck. I've got two 100-gallon um, tanks, so I can I have 200 gallons of fuel in my truck at any given time. And let, let's take Utah, for example. So if I fill up my, my truck in Utah with 200 gallons of fuel and I'm going to do a trip to Los Angeles, I can make it all the way to Los Angeles and all the way back into Utah before I have to fuel again. So let's think about it. I've put 200 gallons of fuel in, so I've paid all my fuel tax to, to Utah, right? Right. But in that trip from Utah to LA, I've driven on Utah roads, I've driven on Arizona roads, I've driven on Nevada roads, and I've driven on California roads. And so, you know, those states potentially don't get any fuel tax at all, right? Right. Uh, yeah, it makes sense because it's all going to the Utah where you filled up. Yeah, but that that that's where the IFTA agreement comes in is IFTA is used to kind of distribute those fuel taxes based on where you actually drive. And so it's based on where the fuel is consumed, not where the fuel is purchased. So if you purchase all that fuel in Utah, but you're consuming a certain amount of it in Arizona, you're consuming a certain amount of it in Nevada and a certain amount of California. Well, the IFTA return that you file every year reconciles all of that. It distributes, even if you pay all that fuel tax to Utah, it distributes some of it to Nevada, it distributes some of it to Arizona and some of it to California. But where the problem lies in is you've only paid, let's say 29 cents a gallon of fuel tax in Utah, but California charges like, I. 76 cents a gallon. Seriously? Yeah. It, yeah. So California is the most expensive state in the country as surprise. far as fuel tax goes. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> so almost, um, you know, almost three times the rate in Utah. So if you only fill up in Utah, but you drive into California a certain amount, you're going to end up owing more money when you file your IFTA tax return to make up that difference for what you've paid in Utah because you haven't paid 
the full rate of what California owes, but you still owe at that California rate when you when you're driving in California. So you're going to end up paying more than um, when, when you file your IFTA return right. quarter. Right. Just out of curiosity, do you know what the lowest state fuel tax is? I do. It's Missouri. And it's 17 cents a gallon. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So that's the range. Missouri is the cheapest at 17 cents a gallon. California is the most at uh, 76 cents a gallon. 1776 sounds pretty patriotic to me. All right. (laughs) That is is very patriotic. (laughs) So so it sounds like then the difference is when I'm filling up my my little personal vehicle, I'm uh, I'm paying for the tax. I'm paying the tax on the fuel that I'm filling up with that I'm getting. Uh, but when you pay fuel tax, essentially you're they're trying to get it so that you're paying for what you burn and where you burn it. Exactly. And so the, the you know, to kind of maybe make this as simple as I can, um, if your truck gets um, five miles to the gallon and you drive 100 miles in California, that means you've burned 20 gallons worth of fuel in California. So you're going to owe California 20 gallons worth of fuel tax at that 76 cents a gallon. So what would that be? Almost a little over 15 bucks worth of fuel tax. $15.20. Ha, how's that for math, Chris? There you go. Hey, look at you go. (laughs) So yeah, and that, and that's how the if to return kind of figures it. it. It takes your, your, for your entire fleet, it averages what your fleet miles per gallon is. And then it takes how many miles your fleet's driven in California, figures out how much you owe in California, figure, you know, deducts how much you actually paid there, and then s- determines if you owe more or if you're going to get a credit back. It, so you know, it, 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 how, how is all this determined then? Because you're, I, I think I've got the concept, but uh, in, in practice, how are they figuring out where you're going? Is there some kind of audit that takes place or something? So now, nowadays, it's actually pretty easy. Where ninety percent of us, or maybe even more, are on e-logs, your electronic logging system actually tracks um, how many miles you drive in each state. So at the, at the end of a, the quarter, you can actually pull a report out of your um, e-log system your ELD system, and it will show you how many miles you've driven in each state. In the olden days, you'd, you'd, you'd really have to track that manually. And then, you know, it was just, it was a lot more difficult, to, but now it's, it's pretty easy between a fuel cards that you can pull a report that shows how much fuel you purchased in each state and your ELD will give you how many miles you've driven in each state. Then at that point you can, you know, pretty easily generate your IFTA return and and file it. And, you know, that's actually one of the things that Motor Carrier HQ does is we get that information from our clients and we'll go in and um, calculate the IFTA forum, do file the return, make any payments that they need to and, and, and make it pretty easy. But that, that's basically how it works. Right. So this episode, once again, brought to you by MotorCarrierHQ.com. Right, Chris? Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so it sounds like there's some potential for strategy here because there's got to be some way you can minimize your uh, your your fuel tax, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I've got a. I, I recently had a, an experience that I think we can use to kind of illustrate how you take that knowledge of how fuel taxes work and really use it as a strategy in purchasing your fuel. So as I've talked about in the past, uh, when it comes to saving in fuel, a, a big piece of that is, is fuel planning. Well, recently I was on a load that took me from Salt Lake City, Utah 
to um, I think it was Florence, Kentucky, somewhere in Kentucky. Okay. And I, I leave Salt Lake with a, a full tank of fuel and I get, I usually fill up in Nebraska because that's usually where the best price fuel is, is somewhere along in Nebraska. I filled up in York, Nebraska. And that, that next day I, I'm sitting in my truck trying to figure out, okay, where's my next fuel stop going to be? And so I, I look at um, fuel prices. I, I typically try to find the cheapest price along my route in each state. And then I, after I do that, then I figure out what the fuel tax is in each state. And, and in the show notes, I'll have a link to where you can find out what, what the fuel tax price is. And I'm, I'm doing this fuel planning, and a couple things stick out to me really quick. First off, um, I, the, the cheapest price after I've done my, my figuring is at a Love's, which is really unusual. I hardly ever end up fueling at Love's because they're rarely the cheapest. And two, it was in Illinois and I'm looking at the, the retail price of fuel. So what I actually pay at the pump um, after my fuel card discount, what that price is. And it's the highest one of any of the surrounding states. Huh. Uh, OK. All right. So I, I think I'm with you, but I'm not sure where this is going to end up. Yeah. So it, it's it, it just really kind of blows my mind because the fuel in um Illinois was $2.94 a gallon, but the fuel in Missouri was only um, $2.60. And we'll kind of break those numbers down in, in a few minutes. But I, you know, seeing that and, and kind of got my wheels spinning and, and got me a little bit curious. So that's when I started to do a little bit of research. So anyway, I, I, what I figured out happened was Illinois actually went from a $2, I think it was $2.38 a gallon fuel tax at the beginning of 2019. And then in this, the fourth quarter of 2019, they increased the fuel tax all the way up to 62 cents a gallon. Wait, wait, so from you said it was, you said it was 238. Did you mean it was, it was 38 cents? Oh yeah. Yeah. 38 cents a gallon for fuel tax at the beginning of 2019. And at the end of 2019, all of a sudden it's 62 cents a gallon. That's 24 cents a, a gallon increase in fuel taxes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's crazy because there's a lot of states that don't even charge 24 cents a, a gallon in fuel tax. All of a sudden, Illinois overnight basically has increased their fuel tax by that amount. Delightful. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what'd you do? So they're the third highest in the country now at, at 62 cents a gallon. So um, so let me kind of at this point, Craig, kind of take a little bit of, of a step back and, and explain how I really calculate what the cheapest price of fuel is. OK, sure. Now, because because of the IFTA return and, and how we've talked about how you pay that IFTA tax if you really want to be able to compare the price of fuel from one state to the next, you have to subtract the tax out of um, the, the, the price of the, of the retail price of the fuel that you actually pay. So that $2.94 at the Loves where I fueled in Illinois, I subtract the 60, you know, roughly 62 cents a gallon out of that. And that gives you a net price of two dollars and 32 cents so that's really what the price of the fuel is you take that that fuel tax out of there now that missouri price at two dollars and sixty cents remember we talked about missouri being the cheapest uh state as right. far as fuel taxes go 
you take their 260 is what the price was at the pump for the the lowest price in Missouri along my route it was $2.60 minus the 17 cents that gives you $2.43 so $2.43 is the net price of fuel in Missouri and $2.32 is the net price in Illinois. So that's an 11 cents difference. Okay, okay. So let me see if I have got this because you're not you're not traveling around within Illinois. You're not putting a ton of miles down in Illinois. So you're not paying that 61 cents uh, or whatever it is the tax rate um for the entirety of the trip. You're just doing it for the miles you're putting down in Illinois. And so Correct. just because the tax rate is higher there does not necessarily mean that it's uh that it's less advantageous to fill up there. It, it you want to get that real fuel uh price by subtracting the tax uh, and see what you're actually paying for the fuel itself uh and then that allows you to especially on those cross country trips where you're going through state after state after state uh, it'll all kind of average out um, and you would just want to get the lowest fuel price you can, right? Right, exactly. Because what's going to happen is, like like you said, I'm just passing through Illinois. I'm not, you know, let, let's say I, I actually, I did fill up there. I put a, you know, let's say I put 100 gallons of fuel in my truck in Illinois. So I've paid that 62 cents a gallon fuel tax for those 100 gallons, but I've probably only used maybe 20 gallons worth of fuel as I've gone through there. So what's gonna happen on that other 80 gallons that I did not consume in Utah where I paid that really high tax, I'm gonna get a credit for that on my IFTA return. And that's gonna go to help offset other states that I've traveled through where I've underpaid my fuel tax. And let's say at the end of the quarter, if I've way overpaid in fuel tax because of how much I, I pumped in Illinois, I'm gonna get a credit back and my state is going to either let me apply that credit to some other bill that I owe them, like my IRP bill or my, you know, maybe I've, I've got a, a balance from previous IFTA quarters or let me maintain that credit so that in the future, if I owe money on IFTA, I can apply the credit to it or, or I can even just have them issue me a check for that difference and I'll get paid it back. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So let me ask you this, Chris, and if you mentioned it already, maybe I just missed it, but uh, you're doing all this reporting uh, with your, your IFTA stuff. How often do you have to do that? You do it once a quarter. Oh, okay. You so did every that. every right. three months you're you're reporting it. So, like at the end of the first quarter, which ends the end of March, you have to file your IFTA return by the end of the following month. So by the end of April, you've got to file that return. That happens at the end of every quarter. The next month, the end of the next month, the IFTA return is due. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, basically, if uh, if we kind of boil this all down to a principle here it's that when it comes to fuel understanding ifta helps us understand that we shouldn't just judge the book by its cover so to speak it's you know you're driving down the highway and you see a really low price in missouri well that may or may not be lower than what you would pay in illinois yeah because so let me see if i can kind of reiterate this a little bit so just to help everybody follow along a little bit, if you'll go look at the show notes, so at hollandassetsllc.com under episode 29, which is this episode, I'll have all this plus a better explanation kind of written out that you can follow along with too. But I'll have this table that I'm kind of going off of that shows the calculation I did for all the the cost of the fuel minus the 
taxes in the states that surrounded Illinois so that you can kind of get a little bit better gauge of this. But, you know, any any you know, if, if you're looking at, like you said, judging a book by its cover, that Missouri fuel price at two dollars and sixty cents looks like that's where you'd want to fuel. But if you purchase that two dollars and sixty cent fuel in Missouri and then you travel all the way through Illinois, you're going to you've only paid a 17 cents fuel tax in Missouri and you're you know, you'll Missouri is going to transfer part of that 17 cents to Illinois for what you've paid. But you're going to be what is that? 17 minus 62. Oh, you're expecting me to answer that? 45. How's that? <laughs> that was 45. You're going to owe 45 <laughs> more cents a gallon for every gallon that you consume in Illinois. And you're going to end up paying that when you file your IFTA return because you're probably going to be short and you're going to owe money when you file your IFTA return. So what that boils down to is that's why you need to look at that raw price of the fuel. You take that out because once you've done that, you see, you know what, really the price of fuel in Illinois is $1.32, but the price in Missouri is $1.43. So if you purchase that fuel in Missouri, you're actually paying 11 cents a gallon more for fuel than you would be if you were paying in Illinois. Gotcha, gotcha. So it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about how uh, it's not about, you're, you're not getting taxed on, ultimately, ultimately you're not getting taxed on uh, where you fill up, but rather where you drive. It's not where you get it, it's where you burn it. Uh, and, and so eventually where you drive is going to end up determining how, uh, you know, what that if to return looks like. Uh, as far as whether you're whether you're going to end up owing a bunch more or not, right? Yeah, exactly. And so it, it really just boils down to Craig that you need to ignore the IFTA tax or the fuel tax when you decide what you want to purchase in fuel, because that raw price of the fuel is how much you're actually paying for the fuel. And you're going to pay that tax. You're either going to pay it when you pump it or you're going to pay it later on when you file your IFTA return. And when if you overpay because you fuel all the time in Illinois and you don't fuel anywhere else, you're going to get that money back when you file your return. So the tax is really irrelevant. What is relevant is the raw cost of the fuel. And if you fueled in Missouri in this situation, instead of Illinois, you're paying 11 cents a gallon more for your fuel. And that's huge. 11 cents a gallon is huge. That's 11 bucks every 100 gallons of fuel you purchase. And, you know, you're filling at least 100 gallons every time you fuel. So you can't you can't be ignorant of this. The big trucking companies they are using fuel tax theory when they decide where they're going to purchase their fuel. You're competing against those guys. If you don't use that to your advantage, just like they do, that makes it that much harder to compete. That 11 cents a gallon it, oh, spread out over a year becomes a really big number. And you've got to use that kind of knowledge to your benefit. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's funny that, you know, it's kind of one of those... You have to know what to, you have to be an expert on the subject to know what you can safely ignore. And so you were kind of saying, uh, you know, you have to ignore IFTA. Well, no, but you have to learn IFTA and understand it really well in order to effectively ignore it, right? Uh, it's yeah. kind of an interesting way of doing that. So let me ask you a, a last question here, Chris, before we start wrapping this up. 
and that is you uh you're not just driving across the country you're driving across the country with a reefer behind you and that reefer uses fuel uh see i've been paying attention to my lessons here and uh <laughs> do you does this if to tax apply to reefer that's a that's actually a really good question and a really good point craig because because no this does not apply to your reefer fuel so your reefer fuel you would want to purchase in missouri you'd want to purchase it at the lowest retail rate the lowest gross cost because you don't include your your reefer fuel when you file your if to return you don't get the the tax credit back it's not spread out over all the states it's just based on where you actually purchase it so in that situation you want to get where the lowest retail price is so like in this situation what i did when i stopped in illinois i filled my truck up i did not put reefer fuel in my truck in Illinois or in my reefer unit in Illinois. I waited till there was a cheaper price. Usually you can go several, you know, usually you can, even when your reefer is running pretty hard, you don't have to fill it up every time you stop. I, you know, if, if, if the price is the same, I will, but typically, um, I'll wait till I get to the lower retail price to put uh, reefer in my, uh, trailer. Perfect. All right. Well, it sounds like this is going to be one that people will probably want to come back and revisit uh, both the audio format. So re-listen to this a lot, but also make sure that they're going to the show notes, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Let me, uh, this may be, you know, this, this, this is me kind of going off on theory and why I think this happens, you know, especially with Illinois, Pennsylvania is another really high state with, if the taxes, California is the same way. And those states, like the ones that have really, really high, if the taxes, their surrounding states are so much cheaper and their retail price is so much cheaper. The reason I think this happens in those higher states, the raw cost of fuel is cheaper is because the truck stops in those states um, if they just if they had their raw price at the same price as their surrounding states, nobody would stop there because instead of you know Illinois instead of being two dollars and ninety four cents a gallon it would probably be more like three you know it'd be three oh five and that's just so now all of a sudden at three oh five you're forty five cents a gallon more than it was in Missouri and so even fewer people would stop nobody would go there the trucking the truck stops would, would go out of business because nobody would fuel in Illinois. And so those guys eat part of that dis difference in the fuel tax rate. They actually kind of eat some of that cost, lower their margins a little bit so that people will actually stop there. So that's where you kind of use that knowledge um, to your advantage and other people's ignorance to your advantage by fueling based on the raw price of the fuel not on the retail price of the fuel. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. You know, remarkably, because you had kind of warned me before we started this episode, you're like, this is, uh, you know, we want to make sure that people can understand it. And I feel like I've got a handle on it. And if I do, then somebody else can too. So uh, <laughs> I'm feeling good about it. And I do want to remind everybody, I think this is the third time we've said it, go to hollandassetsllc.com and check out the show notes, the graphs, the links, the tools, the everything you would need to understand this stuff is there so go check it out episode 29 show notes uh and that will really help i think with this episode in particular there have been a few like this where show notes would be extremely valuable yep and this is definitely one of them just to kind of recap really quick ignore the the fuel tax rate 
when you're looking at fuel, subtract that out of the uh, retail price of the fuel. Look at the raw price of the fuel when comparing fuel prices from one state to another. That's going to tell you where you should stop to fuel. Perfect. All right, Chris, let's uh, let's go ahead and call it there and we will let everybody go check that out at Holland Assets LLC. Any final thoughts before we go? Uh, drive safe. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Don't celebrate Christmas until December, people. Just keep it smart. Okay. Do <laughs> for my favor. sanity. Yeah. All right. For my sanity. That'll help. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chris. I will talk to you next week then. All right. Thanks, Craig.